Hey, it's Pastor. I am so excited you could join us uh, as we hear and listen to the Word of God. And I'm always hoping and praying that He's going to specifically guide your life and give you the hope and the peace that you cannot give to yourself. He is the power every time He promises to work through this Word. If He has worked in your life, we want to hear about it. Please email us, let us in, encourage us uh, by emailing office.amazinglove at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry, make messages like this ongoing, uh, go to our giving tab online or download the app. Go to the app store and search Amazing Love Luther. But now, may you continue to grasp how wide, high, and deep and long is the love of Christ in this for you. Thank you. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Amazing Love. So it was my vicar year. I was in Charleston, South Carolina, and my bishop, the lead pastor, gives me a job. They're opening a new school called Trinity Classical Academy, and my, son, my job is I'm the sign guy. Now, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money, but that's the way it is in the church. It needs to be done this week. It needs to be done well. They're opening in September. It's August. The sign needs to go up. So I'm armed with my can-do attitude, and I get to it, right? God's on my side anyway, right? I go to Home Depot. The first thing I figure out is, how do I get the sign in the ground? So I get some poles, and I work with cement, and it takes about two hours because I'm not handy at all, and I ask a lot of questions, and finally I think I get what I need. I, I go to the sign guy, and I tell him, this is what needs to happen. We're opening it, and by this Friday, we need it. And he's like, you don't have enough time or money. I'm like, I know that. So I give him a wink and a smile, and I beg a little bit. Time comes to implement. All right. Got the cement. First time working with it. I think I did it right. I fashioned this intricate pole system where you could basically just see a little pole sticking up, and the other one would slide right down into it. And it was, it was brilliant, you know? For, for years, you could use this system. Then I went to the sign, I put it up, and man, he got the words right. It's shiny and new, it's glossy. I step away and start feeling pretty good about myself. Wonder what he's going to write about my sign abilities. But then I, I look a little bit more, and here's the scenario. Here's the road, and cars are flying by at 45 miles per hour. And it's a sign that isn't facing this way, but it is facing this way. And so when I'm standing here or walkers by, they can see it brilliantly. But if you're a car traveling 45 miles per hour, the only way you're going to see this sign is if you do this. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, please don't write anything about my signage ability because I have royally messed this up. It is a waste of money. I don't even know what to do with the cement. It's probably still there in South Carolina. I'm sorry. And, and I guess, okay, I bring this story up because can you relate to me? Have you ever royally messed something up? Can we just be real? Maybe for you it was this class, biology, and, and you had no science background. You didn't like science, and it was just hard all the time. Maybe for you it was a project, 
Maybe for you it was a client who gave you a, just a scathing report or a performance review when they really dug in over your weak spots and you're like, I know, but... Ugh. We're familiar with this idea of messing up. In fact, I think that's what inspired Coldplay to write some of their lyrics. Can I get into the song? So Coldplay writes this song called Something Just Like This, and they're identifying with all the things they're not, right? And so here are the, the first few lyrics. It says... I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Hercules and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, Batman with his fists, and clearly, I don't see myself upon that list. And maybe you're the same, and maybe you have a brother or a sister, someone at work who like, you know, you're just in awe of, and they seem like they're super people. They, they seem unflappable, unflinchable, they seem like they have it all together. And in, in us, man, I don't, feel very super. I don't feel like Batman, Spider-Man. I'm not on that list. And the question I would propose this morning then, for all of us who at one time or another have felt like we've messed up royally or maybe even identify as a mess up, uh, the question is this, can God use those who have messed up or are mess ups to do great things? And that's what we get to explore. But we're going to tap again into this area of insecurity and hear over the purposes that God fashioned you for and say, if you ever thought that you were limited by your potential mess up, you're going to hear a different word. You're going to hear a better word. And now can I turn to a better word than Coldplay? See, I think the, the master artist is, is God speaking through his word to us. And what we have here, I want to get into it, is a dude named Moses. And uh, Moses is going to be sent by God to do some incredible things. You might know the story of Moses a little bit. I know your background. If you don't know the story, that's okay. Welcome to church. Um, and, and Moses led God's people out of Egypt. And we're going to hear this commissioning when God shows up and says, you got to go. And then we're going to hear Moses' responses. Can we get into it? Uh, it's, it's, it's for you in your uh, worship folder. You can follow along also on the screen. Exodus chapter 4, Moses go do. And here, here's where it starts. It says, Moses answered, as he's being sent, What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What's in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. So if you ever felt bad about yourself being scared of snakes, Moses is afraid of snakes too. I, I, just, I laughed in my study this last week. Anyway, so he's running from the snake, but the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Incredible. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow, a horrible, uh, very infectious disease, life-threatening disease. Now put it back in your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak. When he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? 
who makes them deaf or mute, who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. See, Moses had all these excuses why it wasn't going to work, why he wasn't the man. And God answers them all. Could you find someone next to you and just tell them no more excuses? No more excuses. 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 Let's dig in. Let's dig in. All right, so um, I was uh, reading the Chicago Magazine, and I uh, found this guy on the front cover. Uh, Maybe you remember him. His name is... Rod Blagojevich, yeah, and maybe you remember, he is the former governor, uh, now in jail because he was trying to sell a Senate seat. And, and this was the first time in years that someone had made contact and tried to interview what life was like. It was an interesting interview. One of the first things I heard was that, you know, it really is prison. Like, this isn't like a penthouse suite. It really is bad. He was in Colorado, and it was 100 without any AC. He was in a 6 by 12 cubicle, and to sleep at night, he would hug a bag of ice didn't sleep very much. The article went on to say how his life has been changing, how he's uh, taking care of his body more, um, that he's working out, that he's kind of ripped because all he does is, you know, run, walk, lift, all those kind of things. And then what really struck me is his faith. He comes from a Serbian Orthodox background, and he says he's really digging back into his Christian faith. And, and when I heard Rob Blagojevich go off about what God is doing, It just made me pause. Let me share with you what what he was sharing. He said this, The lessons from the Bible and Scripture have been very helpful to me. Among the lessons is you've got to put faith over fear. You've got to be willing to go through the fire when it's something you believe in. And I've come to see the object of life is to do God's will. Did you ever think that out of the words of Rod Blagojevich would be the object of life is to do God's will? And it makes me pause. Could God really use former governor to do his will? Hold that thought. Can I tell you a little about Moses? Moses wasn't a convicted felon. He was a runaway murderer. Do you know that? Moses right now is hiding out in Midian because he was going to be convicted, probably killed because he killed another Egyptian. Uh, His nationality was going to be known. And yet to this person, God shows up in the form of a burning bush. Again, not a convicted villain, a runaway murderer. The Lord Almighty shows up and says this. He says, so now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring the people of Israel out of Egypt. You? Moses? That's a crazy pick, God. Like, couldn't you find someone more like Batman, Superman, and less like Rod Blagojevich? I mean, come on. Like, there's got to be some other good candidate out there that has a little bit better of a track record than Moses. But then I see his way with people. And if you're a student of the Bible, and it's okay if you're not, it's a great book. I encourage you to read it, pick it up. It's awesome. It'll tell you a lot about life, a lot about people. But, but then I look at other people's stories, and I start forming a list. And other people, too, have compiled a list of the people that God used in significant ways. Let me share with you this list. Look at this. Jacob was a cheater. You remember him and Esau and getting the birthright because he cheated him. Peter had a temper. Go off. David had an affair. Noah got drunk. 
Jonah ran from God. Paul was a murderer, or an accomplice to murder as much as we know. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossip. Martha was a worrier. Thomas was a doubter. Sarah was impatient. Elijah was moody. Lord, take my life. Moses stuttered and was a murderer. Uh, Zacchaeus was short. Abraham was old. Lazarus was dead. Did I read one wrong? Oh, being short isn't bad, says the, the person vertically challenged in the front row. I would agree with that. I could say being hairy isn't bad. Esau was hairy, right? But you're starting to form a framework of the way God does and the way God works, right? You're starting to gain an understanding that the Bible never lets you be overawed by people. Ever, ever, ever. And that is so comforting for us because when we gather together, something that we're real about is that we have all messed up. We have all parts of our story that we are not proud of. And that's okay to be real with in this place. We call that sin, and that sin should separate us from God. It should should make us unusable by God, and yet His grace is more. And His power is more. So the only requirement to be used by God is to be a fool. So, so what do we learn? This is, this is where I'm leading. Do you know, you're never too messed up to be called up by God. And, and I, I don't care how deep and dark it is. I don't care how many layers that sin is hidden under. It, it doesn't matter. You need to understand God has a purpose for you. God is calling you. You're not too far off. Listen again to the words of our first lesson. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the things that are messed up to be called up to have a new name and a new identity and better purposes than they could have ever planned for if you just stay close to Jesus. It's pretty awesome. But I wanted to share with you something on my heart that's even better, I believe, than being used by God. I wanted to share with you just his approach. See, there's another story of a guy named Zacchaeus, and some of you know Zacchaeus, right? And I've I've referred to Zacchaeus. Everyone know the song? You want to sing? Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little... Short wasn't bad! Hey, there we go! And a wee little man was he... But we know Zacchaeus was messed up, right? So here's a Jew on behalf of Rome taking his own people's money and saying, mine. And everyone knew he was a thief. There was no hiding the fact that he was taking more than what Rome required because he lived in the penthouse while everyone else was a pauper and, and they knew he was stealing. And so no one liked him. He was disgraced. In fact, one day Jesus come in and they had like a Jesus parade, I think the best parade ever, and, and there were people lining the streets and, and no one was making way for short Zacchaeus. No one was looking at Zacchaeus. No one was saying, hi, Zacchaeus, good to see you. No, in fact, he had to climb up of a tree in order to see what was happening that day. No one else cared. Except for one. The celebrity, the one who everyone was lining in the streets. When he sees this wee little man, this known thief, this known felon, what does Jesus do? When Jesus reached the spot where Zacchaeus was, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. See, what I learned is that Zacchaeus was not too 
ugly, was not too awful, was not too messed up to be loved by Jesus. I love the heart of Jesus because that means I'm not too messed up and I'm not too ugly and I'm not too unlovable for him to come and say, son, daughter, you belong. You belong. We know what it is to avoid people who have done things and to put them in different camps and And Jesus, he breaks through every barrier and he says, before I even use you, I just need to let you know you belong. You belong. I need you to know I'm not running away from you. I am coming directly into your life and I am calling you by name. And you need to know primarily that you have my love and it's not going away. And you need to know that even if your family and friends deny you, even if everyone else writes you off, I never will and I'll always be here because I am calling you by name and I give you the right to belong. See, see, more than being used by God is just belonging to God. And you have that ability today by the grace of God. In fact, if you're just joining us, if you're just visiting, you have the right to belong to God through Jesus Christ, the Savior. Because those sins separated us, God paid for every last sin on that cross. And that cross speaks a better word than being used. It, it, it speaks belong. It says, come to me. In fact, I love what it says in the book of John. It says this, well, first our point, that he draws near to those drawn away. He draws near to those drawn away. But, but now on to John. Yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. And how awesome, how awesome, how awesome is this? You see, I love the gospel. I love the gospel that says, I'm a son and you're a daughter of God Almighty. But now as the Spirit works in our hearts to believe this, because only the Spirit can do that work, as I hope He works in your heart to believe this, that you belong, let's get back to our secondary purpose of how can God use us. Can we talk about that? You know, I was uh, thinking of all the bad excuses people give. I was doing some research this past week of the worst excuses for breaking off a relationship. And it was from Reader's Digest. I thought I would share with you a few of the worst reasons people have ever broken up. So, so here are some of the worst excuses. This one struck me. It says, if I were ever permanently injured in an accident, I don't think you'd stay with me. So I'm leaving you now before that happens. I don't know what this guy is planning. But it kind of reminds me of this other song by Maroon 5. If I got locked away and we lost it all today, tell me honestly, would you still love me the same? And the answer is, I don't think so. We're done. Or what about this one? Uh, you know, <laughs> he says, okay, here's the deal. I just can't be with someone who liked Sharknado. <laughs> I love that. My tastes are just better. And then finally, my favorite, I just don't have time to be in a relationship right now. I've got to focus on finding out the truth about Benghazi. <laughs> Plus, I have a high-maintenance bird. <laughs> Those birds will get you every time, right? Have you ever heard poor excuses? I mean, our kids give some, and I'm, I'm not against kids, but I mean, reasons that they didn't do stuff, right? I don't know, right? And then I think, okay, so I got a point. Like, Moses is being commissioned by God, but look at all his poor excuses, Look at what he's saying back to the Lord Almighty. Okay, verse 1, it says this. 
It says, what if they don't believe me or listen to what I say and the Lord did not appear to you? And so God, I mean, he, he pulls out the fireworks. He, he makes a, a staff a snake. He does the like leper's hand into, you know, a clean hand. You know, that's pretty cool. And he says, even if that doesn't work, I'll make water turn into blood. Now at this, I would have probably been convinced or so I tell myself, right? If I had just picked up a snake and I'd gone all through that. Not for Moses. Look at what Moses does in verse 10. He's not done. He says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor um, since you've spoken to your servant, I'm slow of speech and tongue. And then God answers again. Who gave you that mouth? Who's in charge? Come on, you can do this. But you know, it really isn't Moses making all the poor excuses, is it? Have you ever excused yourself out of being used by God? I guess that's just what I want to ask. How many times do poor excuses crowd out our obedience? And for some of us, it might be in the area of finances. And, and God, don't, don't you know? I mean, there, there's no money to even start doing what, what you're saying. There, there, no way. God's like, you know, I kind of own everything. My arm's not too short. I got vast resources if you just trust. Or maybe it's God. I'm just too busy. I mean, I'm finding the truth about Benghazi. I got a high-maintenance bird. And so, God, I'm just too busy to... What's your feeling? What's your feeling? I'm too busy to follow up with someone who needs to know about Jesus. I'm too busy to pray for other people. I'm too busy to read my Bible. I'm, God, don't you know? I mean, look at my priority. I mean, come on. Or what about just the, the bad excuses? God, I just don't want to. Right? Man, today is a day of repentance for our poor excuses. Today's a day to just be real and say, man, I want to stop the excuses and get into the game. And have you look at Jesus. Jesus had many reasons and excuses he could have given. But he said finally above all things, Lord, Father, your will be done. And because of that attitude, we are redeemed. Because of that attitude, we are washed clean once again, restored once again, and able to be used by God like never before. Yes, Jesus is our Savior and he is also our model to not make excuses, but just to go. Just to go. So what fun could we have if we did that? Let, let's end on a high note. You know, I get excited when new things are released. Um, if you're a Netflix watcher, anyone get excited about a new season that's being released? The Crown is December 8th, I think. Second season. And, and maybe there are some musicians who get excited about the new CD that's coming out. Um, maybe there are some, some people getting excited about what's going on with Apple. Um, for me, I love the new iPhone 10. I don't know if anyone watched the Apple special release. Nice. Got away. Because what is it about opening that brand new package and having that new version in your hand? I mean, there are many good things in life, but that's up there with, with some, some really good moments, right? And I know it's just stuff. I'm being silly, but it's fun, right? 
And, and, and we have joy over the new release. We have joy if you're a gamer when the new game comes out, when the new version comes out. We have joy when the new fashion comes out and getting new clothes, right? It doesn't matter what your flavor is. It, we, we have joy over what is new, don't we? When something's finally released and it can be in our hands. I wonder, does God have the same joy when his people just raise their hand and say, here I am, I'm ready to be released. And part of me thinks he has to. Part of me thinks, you know, better than the iPhone 10 is when, when Christians just say, I'm no longer going to excuse myself, I'm going to get into the game. In fact, I consider the story of Isaiah. When God showed up to Isaiah and said, we got important work to do and the people need to hear a message. And the Lord was like, well, who should I send? And what did Isaiah say? Isaiah said this, whom shall I send? Here am I, send me. What joy God must have when his people just say, here am I. Or then Mary, the mother of God, commissioned on her assignment. And what was her response? Mary says this, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as may your word be fulfilled to me. How awesome is that? And so for us, how awesome is it for us to just say, here I am. Send me. Let your word be available. Let your word inspire me. So this is the attitude, I think, of the heart, another takeaway. To be used by God, all you have to do is be available and obedient. To be available and obedient. To just say, God, I'm not going to excuse myself today. Here I am. What do you want? And then to listen to his commands. Let's get back to the song. So the song was saying, I'm not a superhero, right? But then it said, you don't need to be a superhero. I did some editing with these lyrics, but uh, go with me here. The lyrics edited said this, if I put God in. But God said, where do you want to go and how much you want to risk? I'm not looking for somebody with superhuman gifts, some superhero, some fairy tale bliss, just something I can turn to, somebody I can release. I want something just like this, something just like this, something just like you. You don't have to be anyone. You don't have to be a superhero. All you have to do is be available. I want you to think about that as we listen to our song now. So a song produced by Life Church. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fists. I don't see myself up on that list But she said, where'd you wanna go? How much you wanna risk? I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts Some superhero, some fairy tale bliss Just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss I want something just like this
Where do you want to go? How much you want to risk? Can I tell you about the most fun I've had in my life? I was a junior in high school, and I was in forensics. I was going to give a speech, but I was going to do it a little bit differently. The risky thing I was going to do was talk about Jesus in a public forum. I was going to riff on Ecclesiastes and tell people that everything in life is meaningless compared to finding meaning in God, and when God is in something, he grants meaning. It was a capital conference competition, and I prayed to God, God, let your glory come through today. Let your strength be on display. I walked away that day with a gold medal. What you need to know is that it was not about Dustin Bloomer. It was about the glory of God. It was about the strength of God because people needed to hear a message. They needed to hear that there is more meaning in this life. They needed to hear about Jesus. And that gold reminds me of where I went that I would have never gone if I didn't risk it for the sake of God. Where do you want to go? How much you want to risk? I could go back to this list of all the people and I could tell you, G Jacob, he carried the promise of the Messiah. And Peter was the leader of the Christian church. And David was the best king Israel had. And Noah was the only one saved. And Jonah converted the entire nation of Nineveh. And Paul shared the gospel to the far reaches of the world. And Gideon led 300 against 185,000. And Paul and Miriam, uh, she was a leader in the church as well. And Martha, a disciple. And Thomas, a disciple. And Sarah, all these people used by God in significant ways. Having their time of their life and not because of who they were. 
So let me tell you, you don't have to have superhuman strength. You don't have to be a superhero to have superhuman strength. And what I'm saying is God's. What I'm saying is that he can lead you to places you would have never thought you'd go if you're just available and obedient. What I mean to say is that he can let you experience the strength not your own and in this have the time of your life. May God so inspire you. May God, first of all, remind you, you just belong. And then may you, out of thanks, take up his calling. Let me pray for us. We pray. Heavenly Father, it's uh, so good to hear that I am not too messed up to not belong. Thank you for Jesus who came for me and who came for everyone here, who came for the world. And now that we do know your love, use us as your instruments. Use us to prop up the name of Jesus, our Savior, and to give him glory. It's in his name we pray. Amen.